Hello there and welcome to the podcast, Biblical Question. I'm excited that you've taken time out of your day to download this podcast and listen to us. Today we're going to try to answer some questions that were submitted through our webpage at biblicalquestion.com, all lowercase, from listeners just like you. We have listeners from all around the world and we thank God every day for them. We also pray for all of our listeners. We know that some are persecuted for believing in Jesus or seeking him out in nations where it's not always popular uh, to be a Christian. And so we appreciate your courage and your desire to learn more about him and listen to our podcast. We certainly hope everybody else uh, will also go to our webpage. And if you don't have a question to learn more about us, and there you can see our statement of faith and find out more about us and ways to contact us. Please tell your friends and your family about us and how you found us and how you listened to us so they also may listen to the podcast. So the first question that we have uh, today comes from uh, Cameron and this is actually out of uh, Cape Horn, South Africa, excuse me, South Africa. And so it says here, uh, first of all I want to say thank you for listening to the podcast, uh, Cameron. The question is, Adam and Eve had two boys. Where did the boys get their wives to have children? Well, believe it or not, this is a very common question I've had over the years. And as we read through the scriptures, it seems uh, sometimes it's just kind of difficult to believe or understand. And sometimes we think, well, there's some missing facts or information that's not in the text. And that very well could be. It is natural for us to be curious. It is good for us to search the Bible and, and ask others for help. But I also think it's a good thing to, to remember several things. Uh, first of all, probably Adam and Eve had many children that the Bible does not talk about. Uh, the, the Bible only gives us the important information that we need to know. And of course, part of this information from Adam to Jesus is the bloodline where the Messiah will come through or from, or uh, the seed line, as it's often uh, called as well. We do not know how long Adam and Eve were in the garden before uh, they actually sinned. I've heard different things from 40 years, 400 years, 4,000 years. In other words, nobody really knows. And so we need to understand that there are just some things that we have to live on by faith. And I want to read several verses here for you. And the first one is John chapter 20. If you have a Bible and you want to follow along, I would encourage you to do so. John chapter 20, uh, verses 30 and 31, and here is John the Apostle writing, Therefore many other signs Jesus also performed in the presence of the disciples, which are not written in this book. But these have been written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you may have life in his name. Sometimes I think we just have to be satisfied with just having faith in it all. There's uh, another chapter, a uh, verse I want to read, and that's in Deuteronomy chapter 29, 29. And it says this, The secret things belong to our Lord our God, but the things revealed belong to us, and to our sons forever, that we may observe all the words uh, in this law. Excuse me. And so, we just need to really study the Bible and have faith that God has given us enough information for us to know who He is, the plan of salvation, 
the coming of a Messiah, all the way through the Old Testament to the birth of Christ. It's all laid out there. Our trust in God also, and, and a second point really is our trust in God. His words um, do not require that we have to have all the answers to every question that we might come up with. And so his faith idea is talked about as well in the book of Hebrews. It's a famous chapter called the, uh, the Faith Chapter. The Heroes of the Bible chapter type thing. The Wall uh, Hall of Fame of the Bible. But anyway, Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1 says, Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction, conviction excuse me, of the things not seen. For by it, men of old gained approval. Then if you jump down to verse 6, it says, And without faith it is impossible to please him, him being God. For he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is the rewarder of those who seek him. And so, we, we always don't really always have all the facts in a story for that story to be trustworthy. And that's true with the Bible, uh, and that's true in everyday life. That we Sometimes we just don't really always have the, 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 all the facts. And sometimes uh, that makes things confusing, even, even today in, in our everyday life. Your children might not give you all the facts of what's going on at school. And sometimes filling in the blanks is a good thing. Sometimes it's not. But here with the Bible, just having faith that God has given us all uh, the children, uh, the answers that we need. Now, in Genesis chapter 4, backing up to, to, to the core of your question again, Adam and Eve had two boys, and where did the boys get their, their wives to have children? Well, Genesis chapter 4, verses 16 and 17 says this, Then Cain went out from the presence of the Lord and settled in the land of Nod, east of Eden. Cain had relations with his wife, and she conceived, and they gave birth to Enoch. And he built a city, and he called the city, uh, name was Enoch, named after his son. And so, again, here we have, uh, we're not told where his wife comes from. He, he very well could have been a sister. I don't know. To be honest about it, I don't know. That's the theory of many people. Or a half-sister, perhaps. I don't know. It doesn't matter. All that matters is the scripture tells us that Cain had a wife and had children. And since Eve is the mother of all living things, you can find that in, in, in Genesis 3.20, Adam and Eve, again, I, I am sure had many, many sons and daughters. And so, over in, Gen in Genesis chapter 5, verse 4, if you already have your Bible open, probably just a page over, it says, Then in the days of Adam, after he became the father of Seth, for 800 years, and he had other sons and daughters. And so the days that Adam lived were 930 years, and he died. So, people could conceive a lot of children in, in 900 and some years. And we also have to understand, too, Adam and Eve... When they were created, they were ready to make babies. And that's really the first command of the Bible was to, for them to have children. And that's exactly uh, what they did. It's not uh, customary to list the names and the daughters uh, in the genealogies of the Old Testament. Really, actually, probably the entire Bible. 
But in the case of Adam and Eve in Genesis 5-4, we can assume that many women were soon available to be wise within, you know, 12, 15 years, whenever their children would reach puberty. And so, again, I, I'm not trying to dodge your question. I certainly hope that this answers your question. It is a common uh, question. And so, and this is a side note to, uh, to this. I cannot find anywhere in the Bible, uh, in the early days of the Bible, close kin, family, brothers and sisters, uh, cousins, whatever, uh, was not really forbidden by marriage. Later on, God would say, no, not to do that. But children, um, early on here in, in the book of Genesis, very possibly brothers and sisters married and had children. So, Cameron, I certainly hope this answers your question. Uh, if it does not, please be, feel free to email me back, and I will do my best to respond. And thank you for, again, your interest in our podcast. And continue to listen, please. Our next question also comes from a listener here in the United States. And the name was not in the email. So that's okay. We don't have to put your name if you don't want it out there. Just let us know and we will not do that. Again, I want to thank you for listening to uh, the podcast. And the question is, I, I ran across seven things that God hates in the Bible. But I cannot find it again and would like to know where they are found. Well, I responded back with an email to this, but this is also a good question here for the podcast. Seven things that God hates is found in Proverbs chapter 6, and starting in verse uh, 16. It says, There are six things which the Lord hates, yes, seven which are an abomination to him, haughty eyes, a lying tongue, and hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that desires or devises wicked plans, Feet that run rapidly to evil, a false witness who utters lies, and one who spreads strife among brothers. Of course, this is not just only six things that God hates. God really hates all sin. In our English wording, that word hate generally has malice behind it. In the original text of the Bible, and the Greek and things, it does not have malice behind it. A better way to translate that word would probably be the word rejects. God rejects uh, those things, those things that people do, the sin, uh, and those people who do that. There are numerous sins listed in the Bible that God uh, does not like at all, and they're all, all sin is deadly if you continue to do it and be unrepentant. And it's hard to, to break sin. It really is. You can't do it without help from the Holy Spirit. So, the first one I'm going to read is 1 Timothy chapter 1, verses 9 and 10. Again, here's the Apostle Paul, starting in verse 9, realizing the fact that the law is not made for a righteous person, but for those who are lawless and rebellious, for the ungodly and sinners, for the unholy and the profane, for those who kill their fathers or mothers, for murderers and immoral men and homosexuals and kidnappers and liars and perjurers and whatever else is contrary to sound teaching. He also would write to the church in, in Corinth, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 9 and 10. 
Or do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived, neither fornicators, nor adulterers, nor adulterers, nor homosexuals, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor rivals, swindlers, will inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you before you were washed, you were sanctified, but you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and the Spirit of God. See, so here we have a whole list of sins. And again, all sins are, are deadly. And I'm going to read something here in a moment from Revelation chapter 21, verse 8. We all sin. I want to make this point. We've all sinned. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. By the blood of Jesus, we can have cleansing of those sins. And they will be washed away and they will be forgiven. And that is the beauty of God in the gospel. Revelation chapter 21, verse 8 says, But for the cowardly, the unbelieving, the abominable, the murderers, immoral persons, sorcerers, idolaters, all liars, they will be part of the lake that burns with fire and brimstone, which is called the second death. Again, all sin is deadly. And sometimes people want to know where to find the seven deadly sins in the Bible. Well, honestly, as you can tell, I just read several different places. There's also James chapter 3, verses 14 through 16. There's Galatians chapter 5, 19 through 21. The, the, a list of seven deadly sins is no such list in the Bible. That can be found in some of the writings uh, of uh, uh, Thomas. They are envy, lust, greed, gluttony, sloth, pride, and anger. But I'm not going to say that's an inspired writing. Are all those things uh, sinful? Yes, and he probably pulled that out of the text of the Bible. So God bless you in your search. Uh, please continue to listen. I'm encouraged when I get emails. We love positive comments, and you're, you had a really nice one too. Thank you very, very much. Our next question comes from Chicago, Illinois. And from Dan, thank you, Dan, for listening. I appreciate your interest in our podcast. I appreciate your question. The question is, when Jesus appeared on the road to Damascus, talking to Paul, and, and that text it really probably would be Saul, but it's okay. He spoke in Hebrew and said his name in Hebrew. Okay, so Jesus is talking to, to Paul, and he's speaking to him in Hebrew. Why? Here's their question, really, the meat of it. Why do we refer to him as Jesus instead of his Hebrew name? How do we know that Jesus is the right name? Well, that's a good question. And, and really, the, the short answer is Jesus was a common name given to Jew, Jewish males during the Greek period uh, that Jesus would appear on this earth in, of history. The name of Jesus is... Uh, comes out of the, the Greek form of Yahshua, uh, which in turn really means uh, a form of Joshua. And Joshua means, in Hebrew, Jehovah is salvation. The name of Jesus was given to the Son of God uh, at his incarnation as his personal name, and, and it's an obedience to a command that an angel would give to Joseph uh, the husband of Mary, and Mary shortly before uh, he would be born. And you can find that in Matthew chapter 1, 
chapter 1, verse 21. And I'm going to read that for you here. It says, She shall bear a son, and ye shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. The name Jesus actually means uh, Savior. There are several words used to identify Jesus. They include Lord, uh, Master, Son of God, Son of Man, Teacher, Christ, uh, Messiah, which really means anointed, uh, Shepherd, King, and High Priest. Uh, the New Testament gives all of these type of terms uh, to Jesus. And so, turn with me, if you have your Bible open, to Matthew chapter 7, verse 21. And it says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father, who is in heaven, will enter. So we, we can address Jesus uh, in all these different terms uh, that are listed throughout the New Testament. He is God. He is the Creator. He is uh, the, the Lamb of God. And all of those uh, can be found easily within the Gospel of John. John chapter 1 talks about Jesus is the Creator. Uh, when Jesus meets John the Baptist, John the Baptist will declare him the Lamb of God. And so again, thank you for your question, and, and please continue to listen to the, our podcast here. Our next question comes out of Springfield, Missouri. And the question has to do with prayer. And the lady says here, uh, and Miss Johnson says, in an earlier podcast, she spoke about prayer. Does prayer really work? And how powerful is prayer? Okay, those are two very good questions. And I'm glad and thank you for listening to the podcast. And so I want to read here, uh, Mark chapter 9, verses uh, 28 and, and 29. Verse 28 says, When he came into the house, his disciples began questioning him privately. Why could they not drive it out? And if you read earlier in the chapter, they've been trying to cast out a demon, and they were not able to do that. And here's Jesus' answer in verse 29. He said to them, This kind cannot come out by anything but prayer. And so prayer obviously accomplishes much. Even though it's seemingly impossible to us, everything is possible uh, for God. Jesus encourages us uh, to, to seek Him out in prayer, uh, ask in prayer, knock in, in prayer. In other words, constantly be uh, talking uh, to God about your needs. We're really heavy sometimes on the needs, and sometimes we really need to pray and just say, Thank you, Lord. Here is uh, Jesus again on, on the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 7. And I'm going to start in verse 7. It says, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, it will be opened. For what man is there among you when his son asks for a loaf, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will not give him a snake? Will he? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give what is good to those who ask him?
And so, again, we are encouraged uh, to pray. We're told to pray uh, by faith when we shall uh, seek out the sick and, and, and pray over them. In James chapter 5, uh, this is a fairly common verse that most people go to when we want to talk uh, about prayer. At James chapter 5, starting in verse 15. And the prayer offered in faith will restore the one who is sick, and the Lord will raise him up, and if he has committed sins, they will be forgiven him. Therefore, confess your sins to one another, and pray for one another, so that you may be healed. Notice this, the effective prayer of a righteous man can accomplish much. And he goes on to give an example about Elijah who prayed that it wouldn't rain and it did not rain and so on. And so prayer is something I think it is overlooked so much by us, and especially in, the, in some parts of the country here uh, in church. Uh, we only want really quick little prayers and and we, so we can hurry up and get out, so we can go uh, to the restaurant if it's open. And so we really need to pray more. We need not only pray together as a church group, uh, whether your church group meets in a building or in somebody's home. Uh, we need to pray with our spouses and our children. And we also need to, to go alone uh, in, that, in that private time with God and pray. We can pray continuously. We can pray as we're walking down the road. We can pray as we're driving or, or as a passenger. We can always be in prayer. So it certainly helps uh, to pray for people who are lost. Uh, those lost people still have an obligation, a responsibility, maybe might be a better word, uh, to accept the gospel message, who Christ is, in, in order to be saved by him. And so, again, if I can be any more help to you, please email me and let me know. I will do my best to answer your question. And again, thank you for listening to the podcast. Okay, and our last and final question today comes out of Kansas. And it's from Joshua. And I want to thank you, Joshua, for listening to the podcast and that you've told your family about it as well. I appreciate that. Uh, the question is, in 2 Samuel chapter 12, Nathan speaks to David about a curse that he would be uh, put on him for sleeping with Bathsheba. What does that curse really mean? Well, again, let's go and read this. This is in 2 Samuel chapter 12, and I want to read uh, verses 9 through 14, and then we'll try to break it down for you. Why have you despised the word of the Lord by doing evil in his sight? And this is the prophet talking uh, to King David. He has struck down Uriah the Hittite with a sword, have taken his wife to be your wife, and you have killed him with the sword of the sons of Ammon. Now therefore the sword shall never depart from your house, because you have despised me and have taken the wife of Uriah the Hittite to be your wife. Thus says the Lord, Behold, I will raise up evil against you from your own household. I will even take your wives before your eyes and give them to your companion, and he will lie with your wives in broad daylight. Indeed, you did it secretly, but I will do this thing before all Israel and under the sun. And then David said to Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. 
And Nathan said to David, The Lord also has taken your sin uh, away. You shall not die. However, verse 14, Because by this deed you have given the occasion to the enemies of the Lord to blaspheme the child also that is born to you shall so surely die. And then Nathan left. So, the curse really is here, if you look here closely at verse 10, the sword shall never depart from your house. And that sword, uh, there will be an attempt by David's own son to overthrow his uh, his kingship. And verse 11 here, first part of verse 11, evil against David uh, would be raised up from his own household. And then the, the last part of that verse 11 a companion of David's would commit sexual immorality with David's contrabines. And if we go on, if you want to read uh, the rest of that story later in Second Samuel, you will find out uh, that's what happens. And then the last uh, here, verse 14, the child born, and the child conceived out of this adulterous uh, relationship would die, if you read here in verse 14. It is very clear as you read this story and study it out, God does forgive David for his terrible acts. You know, here in verse 13, it's very, it says so. But the, the nature of his sin, God says it has to be publicly judged. And we ought to be thankful that our sins are not publicly judged. And so this prediction of this judgment would be fulfilled in the violent death of his sons, Amon, uh, and Absalom, and you can find that uh, in chapter 13 of Second Samuel, and then later in chapter 18, verse 15 of Absalom, and his rebellion uh, against his own father. In chapter 16, verse 22, it's actually his own son that will sleep with his uh, wives, and he will do on the do so uh, on the rooftop where everybody can see. So I hope that God will bless you in your study, in your word of God, Joshua. I hope you're really seeking. Uh, sound like you are. Thank you for that comment, that you enjoy the podcast. And I encourage everyone, if you have a question, to please submit it, and we will do our best to answer it. We usually try to wait till we get two or three uh, together, and then we will uh, put it out over our podcast air. If... Uh, we get enough at one time. We'll do more and more more often. I enjoy researching some of these out and trying to give you the best possible answer. I want everybody again to, to go to our webpage, biblicalquestion.com, all lowercase, and there you can find out more information about us. You can find our social media links with LinkedIn and Twitter. There's also a contact us page there where you can submit your prayer request as well as your Bible questions. Uh, there is a page there as well for prayer requests. We have a handful of names up right now that people have emailed and said, please pray for us and have your listeners do so. So if you're a prayer warrior, uh, please, please go to that page and, and put those people on your prayer list. And those who are persecuted every day for listening to, uh, to the gospel, studying the gospel, seeking out Christ, uh, meeting secretly with others and worshiping, may God bless you. And we pray for you every day. Uh, we in the Western world have no clue of the depths of persecution that some people are going through. Uh, it, is, it could come here as well. And so we need to pray and ask God for his, his guidance. 
Make sure you give us those thumbs up or four stars and, and follow us so that the next time we release our podcast, which is every Saturday uh, afternoon, Chicago time, that we can, uh, you can get an alert that we have released the next podcast. Again, thank you for listening. May God bless you and may He have the glory.